With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Planet Football Podcast. I'm Grant Wall, and our guest today is a good one. Mike Piazza is a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame and the all-time home run leader among catchers in Major League Baseball history. But for our purposes, he also became the owner in June of Reggiana, currently in the third tier of Italian soccer. Thanks for joining me, Mike. Grant, it's a, it's a pleasure. I'm a huge fan of your work, so this is uh, very excited to, uh, to be talking with you. Well, I'm psyched to talk to you, and I want to start with a, a story of the, the last time I saw you in person, actually, was at the Sao Paulo Airport at World Cup 2014, <laughs> when you were just sitting, having a coffee and in the airport, and I assume following Italy. Were you on your way to an yeah. Italy game? Yeah, I was on my way to Manaus, actually, which uh, was very interesting. Um, you know, I was traveling with a friend of mine, and we had we wa- watched the first game, uh, Brazil Croatia, which is a really great game, mm-hmm. um, and uh, then went to Manaus, and then from Manaus, you know, connected back through Mexico to get home. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was definitely a lot of fun, uh, and Brazil was a very interesting country, and obviously a lot of passion for for football, soccer. So it was. I figure, you know, I, it, there's one of those bucket list things to watch a World Cup game in Brazil. So I just jumped on the plane and it was, it was crazy fun. <laughs> so what is your personal history with the sport of soccer? Yeah, well, I grew up in Philadelphia area, Grant, and you know, I, it was kind of one of those things as a kid, I played it, uh, soccer a little bit. And that was just when that sort of, um, the any, the original, uh, North American soccer league was, I would say probably it is, at its height in the, in the seventies, you know, mm-hmm. obviously with Pele, but um, the team um, in Philly was called the Fury. Mm-hmm. And my dad actually took me down to a few games and uh, you know, don't ask me about one player. I can't remember <laughs> one player, played for the Fury. but, but in essence um, they played the cosmos. And I think there was something like 20,000 people there to watch Pele. And he actually couldn't hurt. He couldn't play because he was hurt that night, but he actually came out and waved, you know, and signed some autographs and stuff. So as, as you well know, the history of of soccer in the States is a very interesting one and very colorful. And, uh, that then transferred, uh, to the indoor league. Um, and the team in Philly was called the fever. Mm -hmm. And for some reason I was just like a crazy fan of the Philadelphia fever. You know, it was like, it was, (laughs) I was. I had the T-shirts and stuff, and uh, the indoor game on the hockey arena was a, it was a different type of game. But still, right. it was just something I was always fascinated with, and and obviously baseball was my my first you know passion and love. But you know, as kids now, to you know, we played all sports. I mean, mm-hmm. today kids are so specialized into one sport, you know. But in the fall, we played football, we played soccer, I played golf, I played basketball, and in the spring, we played baseball. So that's why I think it was it was so cool for me because. I didn't have any skills per se, you know, but I always loved the game and, and the world impact of it. Um, 
and watched Italy win the World Cup. I think it was in 82. I was down in the Jersey Shore and saw the Italian-Americans were wearing their World Cup, you know, Italy Campione del Mundo shirt. So it was, uh, So I have a, a long, you know, history of love for soccer. And I read this, I wanted to make sure that this was true, that your your family in previous generations had background in Sicily and that you grew up as sort of a Palermo fan? Yeah, when I first, well, actually when I retired from the game in 2006, um, you know, my father is from, from Sicily, his family's from Sicily. And I just always, you know, again, because being Sicilian and going, I, after I retired, I took a job with the Italian national baseball team. Mm-hmm. I had actually played for Italy in the first world classic baseball tournament mm-hmm. for international uh, tournament in spring training in 2006. And when I retired, they asked me to help them, you know, grow the game in, in Italy and started going back and forth to Italy through a few times during the year. And, and being Sicilian of descent, I just kind of gravitated towards Palermo and started watching them, following them and was a huge fan of uh, Fabrizio Micoli mm-hmm. because he's such a, you know, a spark plug, plug player, kind of an underdog mm-hmm. type of guy. So, um, and, and after that becoming more versed with the history of the game, um, and watching, you know, obviously following the history of the game and doing a lot of reading became just a massive fan of Italian soccer. Mm-hmm. Nice. I, I, yeah. but at, at what point, I guess, did you say to yourself, I want to own an Italian soccer team. Why did you want to do this? <laughs> I'm still asking that question, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was it was it happened very organically. You know, uh, a few years ago, I started a small media rights company and I just invested some seed money to kind of see if I can get into the media rights business mm-hmm. um, of Italian, uh, excuse me, of, of soccer and rugby. And realizing that you're going up against the Foxes and the, and the British telecoms and whatnot, I realized that that would probably not develop as a business. But in that process, found out, you know, certain clubs in Europe that were for sale mm-hmm. and um, looked at England. Uh, and obviously, that's the top of the food chain, the Premier League and the Championship League. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, went out to some investors and the, the biggest questions that I got were, well, what do you know about running a soccer team? And, you know. Um, this is a lot of money you're talking about to, to try to organize a group to purchase one of these teams, especially in England. So I said, you know what? They make a good point. And I wanted to really explore club ownership eventually in my life and um, knew that uh, I had to learn the business and met some really amazing people in Italy that were able to help me you know, find this opportunity. Okay. Um, and how did the process actually end up happening? Like the... You know, in June, you you took over this club, Reggiana. Why Reggiana? Well, I had a couple of investment groups come after me as far as looking at the Parma bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the history of Parma as being a storied club, actually having a couple of European cups. Mm-hmm. And they went through a catastrophic bankruptcy a few years ago. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the ex-owners on, on trial for embezzlement and corruption. And because I think when we looked at the books, there was something over a hundred million euro that were pulled from the club. Um, and it, uh, you know, was a disaster, but there was some parachute money that they were going to get from the league. And there was some other players that had some value, um, that we were trying to string together a possible rescue and it didn't make, 
uh, it just couldn't, it couldn't happen. It just didn't really make any sense in the, in the, in the uh, long run. But in the short term, I realized there was a club right next to Parma called Reggiana that had a, a history in Serie A. They, the last year was 1997. That team eventually went bankrupt uh, and several owners eventually tried to bring that club back as well. And I was introduced. I have a, uh, or my associate general manager now is a guy by the name of Maurizio Franzoni, and he introduced me to the owner. We talked and eventually consummated a deal. Okay. And so you're over there for the announcement. Uh, I'm sure you're excited, but what faced you? What were the challenges of becoming an owner of this team? Well, as you, as you know, it's, it's a different business model. I mean, you have the uh, promotion relegation system in Europe in mm-hmm. these leagues. And so um, I knew the team hadn't been in Serie A in a long time. Uh, they hadn't been in Serie B since, I think, 2002. Okay. Uh, and I realized, again, the thing that I looked at is we have a, an amazing amount of fan support. I mean, we have well over 5,000 season tickets for this season, and that's Lega Pro. We have great sponsorships. It's a good region. It's very close to Milan. There's a lot of business. We have a really great team of sponsors that that are are helping the club. Uh, I know it's going to be difficult because of the fact that these clubs traditionally are not run like they run clubs in the U.S. You know, they're just they've always been like social currency. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, like a consortium of local businessmen with some money would throw money at the club and try to move up. And then once these clubs move up and eventually get a lot more TV money, then they would pull money out of the club. And it was this sort of vicious cycle of, you know, uh, of up and down and and inconsistency in management. So, you know, I have a team. I have a great management team uh, and uh, basically just want to try to bring some stability to the club and say, Mm -hmm. look, we have to have some discipline because we don't have a lot of TV revenue. Um, If we move up, we'll have more. We'd have to invest accordingly and just and just have a plan. And, and personally, I just I love doing business in Italy. You know, I'm very mm-hmm. passionate about the country. Um, as you said, there's challenges, but I know it, um, you know, it's 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 the right level for me <laughs> that if for some reason, um, you know, we're not as successful as we hope, we're going to be able to weather the storm. Well, you're in the third tier of Italian soccer in the pyramid right now. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, if you were to get promoted, you would go up to the second and potentially yeah. the first. I, what are your goals and how realistic is that given the financial realities and situation? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a five-year plan to get back to Syria. That's okay. And when I took over the club, I had a meeting with all the staff. And again, all these there's so many people that are so passionate about the club. Uh, and I said, look, if you don't believe we can get to Serie A in five years, as the model of clubs like Carpi, Frosinoni, mm-hmm. Crotone, um, clubs that have have had that history of moving up, I said, if you don't think we can do this, then I respectfully ask you to leave right now because I don't want you on the team. Mm-hmm. And so that's our plan. Um in that process, I gave myself two years to get to Serie B, which obviously would increase the TV revenue significantly. Right. Um, but we feel this year we rolled the dice and we spent a little bit more money on the payroll. We're like, if we're going to do it in two years, we might as well do it in one. Why can't we do it in one? So um, we have a good club. You know, we I was just got back. We had two very frustrating ties. But as I try to tell everyone, hey, any game you leave with a point is 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 a good game rather than a loss. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the cream will rise to the top once the season wears on or gets past the holidays and in January, 
then I think that's going to show what kind of club we can have and if we're going to be able to challenge, um, you know, to move up. Well, you said you were this week uh, over in Italy at, at a game. It was a 0-0 tie. Yeah. Um, you know, we're only seven games into the season. Uh, ever since the first game, you lost the first game, but unbeaten yeah. since then. Um, eighth place as of this recording uh, on October 6th uh, in the league. What's it like for you this week to to be on site, to go to a game? What sort of experience do you have? Could you kind of like put us there? Uh, well, it's nerve wracking for me because walking out as an owner, you know, you have those same pregame jitters. Mm-hmm. But as a as a player, you could sort of realize that it's up to you. But when you're watching your team and you realize that, you know, I can't kick the ball, I can't make the pass, I can't make the save. It's it's a little frustrating. <laughs> And I never realized that as, as an owner that, you know, it, it's a whole different energy. It's a whole different, uh, you know, mindset. So um, it, it's, it's got it, it. It has its challenges, but, you know, it's, it's so much fun, too, because the fans are, are, you know, again, today, you know, I get a lot of people on Facebook, the fans, you know, we're frustrated this mm-hmm. and, and dealing with the media and dealing with um, those challenges of, of just having cultural differences in Italy is fun. But um, exciting, you know, and proud because I, you know, you have a potential to shape young careers as well. And I told, you know, my players before, uh, the season, uh, the opening game, I said, look, you know, this may be not your last, your first team and it may not be your last team, but it's the team I want you to be remembered for. So, um, you know, we have some good young players and the other part of this grant is that, you know, in, in Europe, your youth um, system is a way that you can really generate revenue for the club. Mm-hmm. You know, because the players are assets; they get a player's card as young as twelve. Right. And um, if you develop them, we're always looking, you know, for the next Messi or, you know, the next Gigi Riva, or the next Fabrizio Micoli. And if we develop him and he becomes more valuable, then obviously the bigger clubs, you know, will make a play for some of your talent. Well, one name that does stand out among players, and I, from what I've read, he's out on loan right now, is the Maldini name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Maldini, uh, yeah. son of Paolo. Uh, is, he is out on loan, right? Yeah, we sent him to Malta mm-hmm. because uh, we knew that he wasn't going to get a lot of time with us. And uh, my general manager, Maurizio, is very close with uh, his father, Paolo, and he mm-hmm. was all for it. Um he was actually talking about possibly bringing him, bringing him to the States because I think mm-hmm. he has a small interest in the Miami um, football club in, mm-hmm. in the uh, second tier right. division. And, you know, obviously he wanted him in Europe. And, and so, you know, through our relationship, we did sign him as a free agent. But um, he was coming off a knee injury in the Milan system. And, um, you know, we had a great conversation. We say, hey, look, we want you to play. And so you know, he's down in Malta now, I think getting some player uh, playing time. So yeah, and and so we will have him through this year and, and we'll reevaluate the situation. Uh, hopefully he continues to improve. So just based on what you were saying earlier, have you given like pep talks in Italian to your team this year? Yeah, I do. How does, how does that well, work? I have I, my general manager, Maurizio, kind of writes up the script <laughs> and then I kind of tweak it, you know, because my Italian is, is improving. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I have to learn, too, that there's little idiosyncrasies. Like, I can learn Italian one way. And as you know, language isn't always um, translatable. So there's little <laughs> expressions that you have to be careful with. 
but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm improving. I hope to be fluent in Italian in about two or three years, where mm-hmm. I can do interviews and things. Um, so, but but you know, aside the point, I have good people around me, and and to be honest with you as well, the fans and the media actually like the aura of having an American owner. Mm-hmm. So they actually kind of they're totally fine with me, you know, doing the press conferences in England English with a translator. Okay, but um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. I got to get you over there. You, you, next time you get to Europe, you got to come by and watch us. We actually play Parma for the first time in 24 years, December 18th. And hmm. our fans are already talking about that game. And I'm like, wait a minute. We have a lot of games before that. But it's going to be sold out at, at MyPace Stadium, about 25,000 people. So nice. um, it's going to be pretty crazy. Yeah, they're already talking about that game. But I, as a as an owner and as a player, I'm like, hey, we got a lot of games before that. So but it, that'll be a special game. So how does it work? Because uh, Sassuolo, which is in the top flight yes. and has done quite well, uh, is in the stadium that you guys use, yes. correct? True, true. The the, the owner of Sassuolo, Squincy, who's a very, very wealthy man, mm-hmm. he bought the team Sassuolo when they were in the fourth division, which is um, sort of like the pro amateur division, and invested a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, they eventually went to Lega Pro, Serie C, Serie B, and Serie A, and now they're in the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a sore subject with our fans because the stadium in Reggiano is actually built for our club, mm-hmm. but it went into receivership a- after the club was bankrupt in 97. So um, then Squincy uh, eventually acquired the stadium through an auction, Mm-hmm. And he he's very gracious to us, to be honest with you. Our fans are not big Sassuolo fans. It's a, it's a huge source subject. I can imagine. And I, and I keep trying to tell them, look, you know, we have to coexist. I said, we need a stadium to play in so we can't sort of, you know, stoke the fires uh, too, too much. So I'm being the diplomat, you know, trying to get everyone to get along. And they're like, you know, they want to kill Sassuolo. And they're so they're very sore about it. But, you know, it's it's a challenge. Um with the, they just put in a new pitch, actually, a, no, a new special grass field, which is pretty amazing. They invested mm-hmm. a lot of money. But I tell my fans, look, you have to look at Sassuolo as, as an example of right. what we want to do. Right. You know, I may not have the deepest pockets as, as Squincy or MyPay because he owns MyPay. Um, I think it's a paint and chemical company, and it's mm-hmm. one of the most successful companies in, in Europe, in the world, actually. He has plants all over the world. So, mm-hmm. you know um, – even though it is a little difficult, he's been very gracious to us. He gives us a good good rent, uh, lease terms for the stadium. Uh, and um, so I hope, you know, to continue the partnership kind of under the radar a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit and let the fans continue to have, have passion for the club. Yeah, it makes sense. I, before our interview, I'd actually talked to uh, Charlie Stilitano. Uh, who uh-huh. is, you know, the American, I think, is probably best connected in European soccer. Charlie's got an Italian background, knows a lot of people over in Italy. And he mentioned that uh, it was important to you to go about doing things the right way, as he put it, uh, as an owner in Italy. And in just wanting to be viewed as as someone who is very serious about what you're doing as an owner there. Uh, I assume that's accurate. Yeah, no, he he's correct. And and by the right way, I think it's just just being being smart and having a market discipline mm-hmm. and trying to build the club organically, you know, from the ground up and be strategic about where we invest our money. I mean, again, mm-hmm. if I for example, you know, our payroll without being specific this year is 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 significant. 
mm-hmm. as far as Lega Pro and our division. You know, I think Venezia and Parma are kind of two of the teams of Venice, I should say, are, and Parma are the two teams that are um, close as far as payroll. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, if I were to invest a lot of money in the payroll and for some reason we don't go up, now we're going to have a, a huge operating loss. Right. So, you know, to tell the fans, you know, that, that you know, a wealthy, you know, ex-major leaguer that, you know, I have to be disciplined and, and not spend money is tough because they're like, we don't care. We just want to win. So dealing with those aspects. But I, you know, when I have my press conferences and I talk to all the groups, I said, look, we have to have a long term vision with short term needs. And so, you know, we've invested a lot of money in the youth this year, you know, close mm-hmm. to a million dollars to to try to, you know, we had like 14 teams and, um, you know, the Primavera division, which was, you know, would be our quote unquote minor league team, I guess, for lack of a better, um, you know, visual for fans. Um, and that's important. So, you know, we want to be a stable for the community. We we're working on plans for our uh, Centro Sportivo, which is a sports center, mm-hmm. which there's nine fields. Um, and we have plans of developing it and making that a first class facility. Um, with that said, it takes time. It takes money. So, you know, we have to build a good business model. And, you know, the, the culture in Italy is just not used to that approach. So it's <laughs> it's taking some some uh, arm bending a little, but uh, you know I really enjoy the challenge, and I and I enjoy spending time over there. My family loves it, my kids love it, so you know it's a, it's going to be a long term project. You know the we have in North America some guys who are involved in ownership over in Italy. I'm thinking of Joey Saputo owns sure. Bologna. Uh, I'm thinking of um, Jim Polota. Yeah, who I play golf with actually in Florida. Nice. Nice. I was going to ask. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, these guys who are owners, you know, Joe Takapino owns Venezia now. Yeah. Um, have you been in contact with these guys uh, to try and get a sense of, of what it's like to be an owner over there? Yeah, I've played golf with Jim a few times down in Florida and obviously him being from Boston as well. Um, you know, he knows the sports business. I believe he was involved with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I think what he's done in, in Rome has been, you know, nothing short of astounding. I mean, he, he got the club for a great deal. I mean, considering now that, you know, Milan's valued at a billion, mm-hmm. I think he bought Roma, you know, a lot less for that and obviously had a lot of debt on the club. But um, and he's trying to build a stadium in Rome, which is a whole nother challenge. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I said to him, I go, dude, I do not envy you at all because that is a real challenge dealing with the Italians when it's trying to, to build something in Rome. You put one shovel in the ground, they'll, they'll stop you because if you find an artifact or something. So <laughs> it's, it's a real challenge. Um, and, and of course, Northern Italy and Southern Italy are two different, almost like two different countries. You know, that's mm-hmm. why Strategically, I decided to be in Emilia Romagna, which is a great region, a lot of business, and mm-hmm. and it's tougher to do business in the south because it's more agrarian, more agricultural, you know, mm-hmm. different and tougher to get to, you know, for for Americans and and for business. But you know, Rome obviously is is Rome, so I th- I think Jim did a great job there, and Joe is doing what uh, you know we're trying to do in Venezia. And he has his challenges because he doesn't have a great stadium, even mm-hmm. though I lease my stadium. His stadium is woefully inadequate for mm-hmm. Serie B. So if he does move up, he's going to have to probably play in Padua, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is what's happening now with Crotone. They have to play in Pescara. 
Okay. So can you imagine your fans, your fans having to drive two hours to watch a game? Yeah. Um, it's it's tough. So Crotone is off to a tough start in Serie A, and they they went up and they just weren't prepared. And I tell my fans, you know, we can go up, but we have to be prepared to go up. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to put all these pieces in place that if we go up, we just don't do that bounce right back down. Right. So when you're not on site, are you able? How are you able to watch your team play, or are you able to? Well, I do. There's a great um, uh, internet streaming service called SportTube TV. Okay. And uh, you can go on there, and they have other sports besides Lega Pro, but they have the Lega Pro channel, and and uh, they have highlights, and they have uh, replays, and okay. they show the fan. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's crazy, and that's an that's another reason why I decided to make the investment because, you know, with all these media rights and streaming and all these things coming into it, you know. Um, I think it's only going to continue to to improve, and and SportTube is is a huge has a huge subscription in Italy. Okay. You know these smaller teams are very very popular in their regions, and they get mm-hmm. a lot of fan support. So, um, you know that's and and Italy as well. You know you don't have the major sports to contend with. You don't have American football, mm-hmm. American basketball, hockey, or baseball. You know it's just pretty much soccer in Italy and a little bit of basketball and and some other smaller sports, but you know, it, I always say, you know, it, Italian soccer is kind of like a natural resource. You know, mm-hmm. you just have to mine it, refine it, and hopefully, you know, market the product well. So do you have any good stories about interactions with fans at this point? <laughs> the fans <laughs> just trying to survive after a bad game. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, they're they're amazing. I got to tell you something about the fans over there is they're almost part of the club. I mean, they mm-hmm. are part of the club. I mean, when when – we have press conferences and or strategy sessions. I actually have a representative from the ultras. There's three groups. <laughs> One of them is called um, uh, Facce Regia. One of them is called uh, Grupo Vendeli. Mm-hmm. And another one is called Teste Quadra. And the unofficial nickname for the team is called Teste Quadra. It means square heads. <laughs> okay. And don't ask me. I mean, they, it really means that the region is a, is a region of like a blue collar, you know, okay. hardworking people. It's not it's not translatable in English, but um, their their nickname is called Teste Quadra. But the point is, you know, they're part of the team mm-hmm. and they want to know exactly what your strategy is. And, and you have to be accountable to them because if you lose their support, you, you know what I mean? You, you you lose them. You you're you're really in trouble. You have right. to have them on board and. They criticize, obviously, after tough games, but but for the most part, it's just in their blood. So it's a little bit different business model than in the States, you know, but it's it's very fun uh, and very challenging. I mean, you know, I show up at the game and they're giving me, uh, you know, Prejol and Mortadella and Formaggio <laughs> and all these, you know, gifts and stuff. So it's uh, it, it's it's definitely a grassroots business that you have to and you and you have to be on the ground. I mean. You know, it, it, when I watch the game, I'm at, I'm actually relaxed. But before mm-hmm. the game, meeting all the sponsors and the fans, and you know, it, it's it's a challenge. And as a player, for me, it's a it's a unique challenge because I have a new respect for owners of clubs because right. you're watching every line item on the budget. You're worried about payroll. You're worried about the just the lights at the stadium. You know, mm-hmm. things like that because um, you're paying attention to things that for me I never really fathomed when I was a player. Well, this is great stuff. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to the podcast. Mike Piazza, good luck. I will be thinking of the square heads at Reggiana much more often now. 
Okay, you too. And in Italian, and good luck is means the mouth of the wolf. We say in bocca al lupo. Bocca so, al lupo. All right. Thanks, Mike. Okay. Ciao, Grant. God bless. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network? Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.